You're listening to Chatterbox, brought to you by Cleveland Containers. Welcome and Hebel, Hebelsweet. Hebel Fwait. Hebel Fwait. <laughs> <laughs> and Hebel Fwait. Hebel Fwait. There you go. Well done. Done. From DSOC, which actually means Doncaster Security Operations Centre, which I've never heard until I went on the website the other day. Uh, and like, DSOC's got to mean something because obviously with the, in the SSA, all, all we ever hear is Ant from DSOC. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, it does actually mean something. Great to have you, aren't you? Uh, one of the most well-known members of the uh, SSA, always raising your hand and speaking at events that I've been to. So great to have you on, and we'll find out today what uh, what you guys do for, for Cell Storers. Do you want to give us a bit of bra- background on you, your company, what you do, etc.? Yeah, yeah. Myself, I started out 17, 18-year-old as an engineer, so we're actually on the tools. Uh, started out as a trainee, mostly CCTV systems. Um, at that time, really small business, so local to Wakefield. My career kind of grew as the business grew. So that same company I worked for got bought out twice. And as we got bought out twice, obviously that became a much a much bigger role. At that point, you're not just working on the tools, you're having to look after customers, you're looking after the systems, and it was fully nationwide. So yeah, so then I've just gone from basically engineer on the tools through to account managing, and now ultimately in sales. Mm-hmm. That's culminated in my role at DSOC, which is now fully sales. So what does, what does what do DSOC do? Okay. As the full title says, Doncaster Security Operations Centre, we're a control room. So we are a, a full fit out NSI Gold control room in, based in Doncaster. And as I always say when I do put my hand up and talk at them events is, we are effectively our people. So the people that are sat in the chairs, the operators, that are, we're receiving alarms from self-storage. It's quite easy for the guys in, in, in that sector to understand it. But for those outside, I always use retail as an example. So that's another big account we look after is Smith's Toy Stores. So if you imagine a Smith's Toy Stars, when that place closes and the alarm is armed, we monitor that site. So anything that goes on on that site, any of the alarms trigger, any of the CCTV picks up movement, it sends an alarm and an event into our control room. Our guys then receive that in an alarm platform and we will action out to a, a key holder, a guard or police ultimately if we see a crime. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the simplest way to describe what DSOC is, is we're a control room. What would you say? What was it? What's a, what does a typical day look like for one of your operators in the uh, in the control room? I'd say much harder than my typical day for <laughs> them guys. I think first of all they're working twelve hour shifts, so you're talking seven a.m. seven p.m. At least three guys on a team, and then we have four teams who rotate over shifts. So they will work four days, four nights, and then four rest, which is known as continental shifts. What they actually receive and what they actually do is masses of alarms and events at different times, as you can imagine. So relevant to self-storage, we are very busy from, say, 4 or 5 o'clock to, say, 7, 8 p.m., receiving all them different events as that site closes, if it's a staff site or if it's an unmanned site, as it becomes more active because customers are now visiting that site. So you've got your cameras triggering off. We've got to decipher, is that a customer? Is that someone up to no good? You've got your access control alarms going off, and our guys are receiving them in an alarm queue, working through them, figuring out what needs to be done. Like I say, my, my typical day <laughs> is a lot easier than that. So in very simple terms, your customers have got existing cameras on site that you guys tap into and monitor any movement. You're just, you're just kind of the eyes really of the yeah. in this in the of the security of the of the business. Yeah, I mean there are some technical questions around the CCTV and what mm-hmm. it's capable of. 
But yeah, that's the easiest way to describe it. Yeah. And when, when I first get a customer who's saying, I've got CCTV, it triggers to my phone. I don't want it triggered to my phone anymore. Can I send it to you guys? That's, mm-hmm. that's the easiest yes. Right. So how did you, how did you end up getting into self-storage? At a shareholding level, we've already got connections within the industry. But when I joined, the business had been open about eight months. And it was a case of figuring out what's the real added value in that space. How can, how can we really add some value remotely to that sector? We always knew it was a target sector. We already had some contacts in that space. We just had to figure the solution out and the services. So it took us a good year, year and a bit to figure that out. And thankfully, our big project that really launched that for us was with Big Yellow self-storage. Mm-hmm. In doing that, we're figuring out the access control systems. We're figuring out how our customer behaves on our site. And then at that point, we're really focusing in on the behaviors on a self-storage site. So if you fast forward then past that and we managed to achieve it, really we now understand self-storage. So it was part design, part figuring it out as we go in, I guess. Mm-hmm. How many sites have you got now? How many, how many customers do you manage in self-storage? Okay, so in self-storage we've got around 300, just shy of 350 self-storage sites, mm-hmm. 40 individual operators. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's in the UK. To put it in perspective of everything that we monitor, we actually monitor around 800 sites nationally. Right. So just shy of 50% of what we monitor is self-storage. No, that's good. So what specific services do you offer self-storage sites? So there wasn't early days. We thought we've got to just really just keep it simple and make sure we're delivering. As it's obviously grown, they then look at what could a remote monitoring control room effectively offer us as well. So you've got the out-of-hours call handling. We're always careful to make sure that we don't, we don't put that forward as a customer service piece because it's not but we will receive calls from a self-storage site out of hours. You've got the loan worker monitoring. So we've got an app that they can have on the phones for if anybody attends a site out of hours. And then lastly, most recently, we do a lot of guard call-outs. So we don't contract the actual guards, as in we don't obviously employ them. We don't subcontract the guards either, but we use a guard platform where if we've seen that a guard response is required and for that postcode relevant, it'll find the closest guard. So if you think almost like a Uber for guard style, Mm. So I guess that's an example of as we're growing in the space and we're seeing what they need, we're just looking at the next solution and trying to bring it in. So that one's live on a trial right now. That's good. Would you say security differs to self-storage than other businesses you look after? Is it much different? Yeah, massive. Yeah. It's customer first. Kind of, that's that's a self-storage business in a nutshell. Obviously, when we first came into it, you see how important it is with the branding. It's all about being in front of the customer, but also being good for the customer. So for us... We can't be receiving all these alarms and, and have a bit of a dismissive nature with them. Whereas when I was in engineering, I'd, I've witnessed it firsthand where, imagine, say, a construction site, <laughs> put a temporary CCTV tower on a construction site and it's triggering anything, with plastic, flapping fence, whatever. There, there is a bit of a mindset in our security industry, unfortunately, that it's okay, the monitoring station will deal with it. So when we were engineering, it was, it was in there. It's a bit of a cultural thing. Whereas as soon as I came into self-storage and saw the projects, I was like, we can't be like that. Not that we would anyway with any sector, but this is most of the triggers we receive are customers. So we need to be on the speakers if there are speakers there possible to just give them a reassurance customer service piece. And we need to always be mindful that what we're receiving is highly likely a customer, not someone up to no good. Similar to retail, but if you're thinking retail, a lot of them, the ones that we would monitor, they're closed. So the self-storage sites, they're closed, but not, especially when they've got extended hours or out of hours access. So that's the main difference. Mm-hmm. Lots and lots of customer activity. Yeah. Do you want to describe what current activity you've, you've seen over the years with self-storage and what people should look out for and basically why do people need your services? Really, a typical inquiry we would get, our conversation I would have would be, 
An external operator has got, I don't know, anywhere between, say, one and five sites. The self-run, so either it's a, it's a family business or they've got staff that's been with them a long time. They'll be monitoring the cameras themselves or they'll describe it as monitoring because it's to the phone. And it's fine because the end sentence is, I've never had any trouble. And then down the road, there's someone who has had some trouble. And then within two years, you've all had trouble. We are realizing now that we've been doing this three and a half, nearly four years. It's like a magnet. As soon as we get a postcode area, we had one just last week. It was Northamptonshire last week. And then the last one I remember six months ago was West London. There is intelligence in this. So they will move. They will figure out a weak site by scoping the place out. Maybe they've got some people that go to check it out of hours, checking the roofs of the containers to see what the customers' behaviours are like. And you don't know that if you're just monitoring that on your phone. If you've not got cameras on the roofs, cameras over the gates, you're not receiving the events to your phone out of hours, or you are, but let's face it, we all live our life after hours. You're not going to stop what comes next. And what comes next is the hit one, the hit five. I see, well, there's no way these guys can turn around some better systems within two days. So we'll hit everything in this area. And that's what happens. So we're trying to spread the message. That's why I keep putting my hand up at all these stuff. It's not just about what do we contract and what business can we win. It's about self-storage being more secure, yep. particularly external ones. Because like I said, the indoor ones have to a degree, they've got an advantage. They've got the building, they've got an intruder alarm, they've got alarmed units. We don't have that with containers. We've got to use what we've got. You see that on the emails we get from the SSA, don't we? The interior ones, you've always kind of got a camera as soon as you walk in the door in your face so you can't really hide. You've got to have stronger systems when externally, externally, I would say. You're right. But I think it's, it's more typical of, actually, if I talk about the security industry, again, that's soft storage. Surveying a container operator site is actually more traditional to me. When you do a security survey, you do a perimeter in. So when I'm doing perimeter in, I'm not too far in before I've secured it. Mm-hmm. An indoor facility, if they've not really sorted their systems out, their access control doesn't link to everything that it should. That can be harder to fix. A container site, as soon as we get the perimeter detection, you've got single stack roofs, get perimeter detection on the roofs, get the gate detected. If you've got scheduled hours, you can have the gate detecting after the hours. The rest of the time, no one should ever be on the roofs. Start to create some zones internally and only allow access to certain areas at certain times and start to really restrict it down to pick up on what I keep saying is suspicious activity. So I know what you mean, and it can all sound a bit like technical too much, but there are advantages of having an external site as well. There's not as much to solve. Mm-hmm. It is doable. Yeah, that makes sense. If you did have an external site, where is it, say, a perfect world, you've got like a nice square site, where would you be putting your cameras to, to basically close it off from any outside intruder? In essence, get the perimeter. There's a couple of ways of looking at that. Some people prefer corners, wherever the lights aren't. So if the lights are in the corners, cameras in the middle doing crisscross. But what you're trying to achieve is detection across all the roofs if you single stack. Detection camera over the entrance. Because even if you're a 24-7 access site, you want that, that when the gate's shut, that camera's detecting. That camera should only not be sending me something when that gate's genuinely let somebody in and access control. And then I'd advise cameras on the internal at the doors. So let's say we've got a square site with a square ring inside. Cameras on the inside for the doors as well. Two reasons. Operationally, you can see what's going in and out. Operationally, you can see your customers. And secondly, for us, if you are a site that does close, genuinely close, arm the whole thing. Because then if someone does miss, Skip out the gate somehow. You've got a faulty gate. Camera on the entrance. Detection's failed. Seen it happen. You've got another layer. Mm-hmm. It's the amount of times I've seen someone follow the first model and they've got two cameras out. Two cameras out when you're relying on every single camera to do the detection is a nightmare. As soon as they figure that out and there's no response, they're in. And the last thing that I've been advising is speakers. It can work. You can do audio through the cameras. But in our experience, the absolute bulletproof way of delivering audio messages through a speaker system. 
that's easily been the biggest tool for preventing crime for us on container sites. Mm. As soon as we see something suspicious, either we tell the customer to go back to the access control point and enter their credentials. Uh, if they don't, almost immediately this is what happens. They drop their head, they'll, they'll just leave because they're thinking, well, someone's actually watching. That's a message that's actually been delivered by a human. Worst case, they then carry on doing what they're doing. That's when we call the garden police. Yeah. But you and I both know they're not always laid out square. <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> there's an L on it or there's double stacked in the left-hand corner. <laughs> We've seen some crazy sites over the years. It's like a U or a C or something. It's just there. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. But I, mean, I suppose that's just how they, they've got the land and they want to get as many containers down as possible. Yeah, they grow, don't they? And yeah. People do ask me with how much we can do remotely. Why do you go on so many site surveys? It's important. Mm-hmm. Even even like the, the big nationals that we've got, like say Starbucks in the container world, one site differs to the next. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you always need to see every single one, but I need to get my head around what their logic is. Someone's already got cameras on site. They're looking to move to you guys, but actually their cameras aren't ideal. Do you advise that them cameras could do with updating, moving angles, et cetera? So you work with them to basically secure their site, yeah? Yeah, I, what our preference is every single time, this is what I keep pushing to the SSA members, our preference is to work with the installer. So if you've got an existing CCTV installer, whoever that is, which quite often in container world, that is an electrician, someone similar that they've worked with for a lot of time. Mm-hmm. There's no need to hide around that or to come to us direct and have us miss that out. We would definitely prefer to speak to the person that put the systems in that are already in, mm-hmm. because then we can work with them. But would we help? Advise. Of course we would. You don't want to tread on the toes either. So these installers are, are already there. Security expert, let's say, in terms of the installation, we might have just learned something in our world that helps them put cameras in better places. And so it's not a case of trying to go over the top of who they've already got. We'd rather work with them. Mm-hmm. So have you got any funny stories you've seen over the years on any of the cameras that's coming in the control room? Yeah, from the monitoring. So it's not necessarily like a live crime act, this, but at the time, the operators, when they were handling it, treated it like that. We'd just taken on a new, we were actually a mixed facility, so then indoor and outdoor, and it was out of hours. And we got a detection camera and someone walking down with something over the shoulder. So our operator actioned this out and actually let the customer know the key holder there might be someone on site with an axe so we're like right okay really got to treat it like that you've got to she might say yeah. that because that's how they might break into something or whatever yeah anyway so when they checked it out yeah it's just a cleaner with a sweeping brush just walking down it was giving them audio message we're treating them like a criminal <laughs> we've let the key holder know and it's just the cleaners taking a sweeping brush back to the container <laughs> so it was over the shoulder the head of it yeah, was like yeah, yeah. an axe yeah so that was always funny. That went around the control room. That was one that made everyone laugh. <laughs> I'm glad you called us, but at the same time, come on. So I'm an operator. Security is top priority for me. At the moment, I'm doing it all myself, but you've come along. Why Why should I give DSOC the, the eyes to my, my site? <laughs> You're making me do the sales pitch now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, all right. Seriously, like, obviously in self-storage, that's really easy for me to explain why. You've, you've heard about the amount of sites that we monitor. At that point, we understand self-storage. It's not just a security piece. You're going to get the customer service element. We're not challenging your customers when we shouldn't be, but also we're giving them the reassurance. And then on the other side, which this this is kind of why you'd move to DSOC in the wider security sector, not just in self-storage, it's our statistics and our kind of excellence in the alarm handling. We're measured against an accreditation called NSI, and we're NSI gold. And within that, you have to handle all of the alarms. So you have to handle 80% of your alarms within 90 seconds. At the minute, on our tracking over the whole time we've been open, we've never gone below 98%, and we're very, very often above 99% of all alarms handled within 90 seconds. That's not just relevant to self-storage. That would be why I'd advise moving to DSOC regardless. It's the operator excellence, mm-hmm. is what I'd say. How have you found security's changed over the years as 
technology has advanced? Biggest change for me from when I ran the tools to now was analog and digital. You talk to someone who's got like an IT infrastructure now and the amount that we can do with security on, on a network now. Whereas when I started cabling, if you didn't have cable from A to Z, you couldn't get the signal back. You physically needed to plug it in in an analog style. Whereas now there's so much more we can do working with all the third party platforms and bringing it into a network that it's just light years. And then most recently, AI. Yeah, I was going to ask you next. You mentioned AI earlier. Everyone, everyone knows it now. Chat GPT is all about all the news, isn't it? Do you want to go in a bit of detail what how AI plays a part in your services? Yeah, I spoke about this uh, in Rotterdam. Fidesa, actually, the guy that spoke before me was talking about AI in all the other business functions. For us, I kind of turned that phrase into what it is for us, which is video analytics. So we use video analytics with CCTV. That does fall under the umbrella of AI. It means machine learning. Really basic level, what happens is the camera's reading a scene. The camera, the pixels are changing on the scene and it can classify an object based on how much space it takes and how it moves. The camera actually knows this. Certain cameras within the chipset or the recorder knows it. The bit that we use is it then pushes that to us as an event. And we've got AI on our side, video analytics, that filters the alarms. So it will look at that video clip and go, that's not a person or a vehicle. And if it's not a person or a vehicle, don't push it to our human operator keep it in the back so it stays in the servers, but it doesn't go to the human operator. And then we've got on our teams, the guys will review them. So you have to teach it. The reason we've contracted with the AI that we've contracted with is that it's it's the one that's had the most learning. It's had the most images pushed through it. Mm-hmm. There were others that were actually more cost efficient at the time, but it, it didn't make sense to us. So we've pumped, again, like we're doing now with the new services with the guard response, we trialed it. We trialed it on a good amount of cameras. And I think we're up at, I think it's filtering a, a circa a million alarms for us a month, thereabouts. So obviously it's doing its job. Mm-hmm. We speak to a lot of people looking at getting a self-storage and new shipping containers. How would you advise a, a new self-storer to best tackle security? These guys consider quite a lot uh, where they're actually going to place the site or what plot of land's available. I'd, I'd say get security into, into your thinking as early as that when they find this magical plot of land, which they are all looking for, or maybe they all be on it. Get some good intelligence on the area speak to the neighbouring businesses, even potentially talk to the local police and, and see what's been going on, what are the activity levels. That can then kind of come into your mindset of how how big are you going to go or how early. I'm obviously always going to say, put the cameras in in the right places, get the access control system that links to the cameras. And that is easier now than ever because all the SSA supplier members talk like this. Mm-hmm. So you're talking the likes of Bearbox, likes of PTI, Nokia, Sentinel, Sensorberg, all of these access control systems, we talk to them. So go into the supplier membership after you've done that and see what can be done with the different systems. Ideally, you want them all to link to each other. So you want to stick to a, a model of the cameras around the perimeter, like I've just described, get an SSA installer in place, get an access control system that works with that, and then get both of the systems that link with a someone like us. And if you've got that in your mindset early days, it becomes so much easier because you just engage with the guys and they'll do it for you. Mm-hmm. These suppliers want that business too. So they're going to do that. They're going to do the design for you. They're going to explain to you how it works best. But it, it's easier said than done because I think these guys for a long time in self-storage have not faced the crime. So it was you start outside and it's not in your mindset early. It comes later. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of them remember it being painful because they've got like these old camera systems in. And then someone comes and says how much it's going to cost to rip it out. And it's thousands. And they've had no benefit from it because they're monitoring it on the phone. So they don't really see that it prevents crime. So it's just kind of spin your mindset on that and then realise it can you can prevent crime and, and get security in your mind really early days. That'd be it really, other than all the technical pieces. 
I think the suppliers solve the technical bits for you if you engage them early enough. So over the years, you you think DSOC have won a couple of innovation awards with ECSTA, Fidesa. Do you want to tell us a bit more about those? We worked with one of our customers, uh, George Matz at Lockbox, and his installer. This is uh, kind of the key to this one. They come up with a, an analytic CCTV solution where they created these zones. So the roofs, the internal zone, and they also had the AI looking for different objects, mm-hmm. as in they didn't want people starring bikes. So the AI were picking up on the bikes and letting the operator know. But then out of hours, it was letting us know about people and vehicles. I do this every single time someone asks me about the awards. I bring others in as well because it is true. Like We get our innovation awards around how we make these other systems work and push events to us, using all these clever tools and preventing crime effectively. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been brilliant acknowledgement for, for our guys back in the control room because, like I said earlier, they've got the hard job. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So you mentioned the SSA a few times. What are the key benefits of being a member of the SSA from a security point of view, would you say? Well, for us, it would, it's absolutely perfect because the supplier membership that have been in this sector for, for forever, really. Mm-hmm. There's going to be someone that you can relate to, get on with. There's so many networking opportunities. And at that point, when you meet them, they've already got all that knowledge of this space. So when we're asking questions naively, we don't want to always be going to the operators all the time to, to kind of figure things out. We can go talk to other, other members in supplier membership. And then also for the, for the operator members, they get the benefit of that, of all of the supplier collaboration. So that's been the biggest benefit that we've had of being a SSA supplier member. And I'm sure there's, there's many more. In fact, I know there are many more. Mm. So that's all the questions I've got for today, Aunt. Um, really a big thanks for coming in, going into what DSOC do. Hopefully there's some really good tips there for, for people who are looking to get into it or existing, why they should move to DSOC, how important it is to get security right and, and monitor it to prevent crime. No, thanks for having me. It's been brilliant to everyone that's kind of arranged it and setup's fantastic and I love what you're doing. It's good. It's good to show off suppliers and but we're passionate about what we do. So yeah. every forum we get, it's good. Thank you very much. No problem. Perfect. Chatterbox was brought to you by Cleveland Containers, the UK's leading supplier of new and used shipping containers and the largest supplier to the container self-storage market. If you're looking to enter the self-storage industry or streamline and expand your current site, talk to us about Box Plus our one-stop service that can provide you with everything you need to set up and run a simple, remotely operated and profitable self-storage business. For more information, head to clevelandcontainers.co.uk and follow us on social media for more content on all things shipping containers and self-storage.